Do you ever feel like you're beating a dead horse? Are you tired of repeating yourself every fucking day? About the same shit? I am. Every day. Repeating myself. Slowly going insane. Talking about the same shit. Yeah, the world's a better place than it was 100 years ago. It is. In a lot of ways. It's also a shittier place. We're at the brink of becoming a society where we're all on a fixed income. Not all of us, just a big chunk of us. Robots are coming. They're going to be taking all the bullshit jobs. So what are you going to do? Sit in your house, play video games? Jerk off? Smoke weed? Do drugs? Till you die? Is that the life? That's where we're headed. I kind of can't understand this wicked ass game that's being played with this coronavirus if you look at the numbers and 99.9% of the people are surviving from coronavirus what are you so afraid of well here's the answer well it causes blood clots it has been shown to do this and other people has been shown to do this and other people yeah but sometimes you buy a new car and you go out and then it gets you get into a car wreck and it fucks up your neck and your back and you're fucked that's the price you pay for living in a free country are they the same is it the same analogy not exactly the same my point is Life doesn't come without consequences. Everything that we do, there's a reaction to it. You lift weights, you exercise, you have a stronger heart, stronger muscles. But even then, you could overdo it. You could pull a muscle, strain a muscle. You could run too much. I used to work at a kickboxing gym where guys would get ready for a fight and these dudes some of the baddest dudes I know and they didn't want to lose so they overtrained it's a real thing you can overtrain yourself doing something really good and overtrain yourself there's just there's just so many different things to talk about but to focus on a cold that really affects old people and people with health issues obesity is a big one respiratory issues another there's probably a whole list of them I went to a friend's house yesterday I say he's a friend but my guess is we're not friends 
we're just we collaborate which I'm a little upset about uh, I've known him for about three or four years and uh, we were going over some material together in his studio and his wife knocked on the door now she doesn't even acknowledge that I'm there I've been to her house 50, 60 times she doesn't say hello she knocks on the door and she removes him from the studio it seemed rude to me but I thought maybe you know he did something wrong but this man's almost being almost my dad then he comes back into the room doesn't say anything leaves the door open as we're playing music and I'm thinking what the fuck but I'm like whatever you know but my subconscious is always working you know and it's kind of a it's, it's almost like a it's like figuring out things on its own and I'm not even trying to do it you know so I'm laying in bed looking at campers and all of a sudden it dawns to me oh she told him to leave the door open to circulate air because they're afraid of the coronavirus now whatever right I mean okay but don't be so fucking rude about it don't knock on the door not say hi to me because now you're like oh am I am I a disease in your house like if I knew it was going to be that big of a deal I wouldn't have been so conveniently go out of my way to come to your house to show you or to work on things I would have said just come to my house or hey let's go to the park if you're that freaked out about it the whole thing is just ridiculous people are ridiculous and um, I'm over it man I'm over it I don't even give a fuck if uh, people get their feelings hurt anymore about it I listen to people whine and snivel for four fucking years I removed myself from social media and I'm talking Instagram and Facebook I still have a YouTube yes I still have a podcast and I do have a Snapchat that I use to correspond with my kids and my family and my mom so fuck you and I um, I'm just I'm tired of it man I'm tired of all these people who their whole lives they went to school and they bought into this bullshit lie to be something and then they sold out and now they're handing out bullshit that they signed up for because of a paycheck they speak a different language because they're making money now fuck you they're all pieces of shit and I'm not confused it's clearer to me than it's ever been so what's the whole point of this rant I don't know but I don't want to be talking about the same things every day but I feel like I have to I feel like you have to fight the bullshit or we're just going to eat all the liberal propaganda and we're going to turn into that shit but the scary thing is circling back to what I was talking about earlier is thinking about 
there's a, a real truth about what I said earlier about the the idea that we may become a, a society on a fixed income. It may be 30, 40 years from now. Elon Musk was talking about it a little bit. I heard him, um, you know, because he was talking about, you know, electric cars in the next 30 years. Um, it's all going to be a part of, you know, how we how we get around, you know, and electricity is going to be super expensive. It's going to be tough to, you know, where we're going to get, where's it all going to come from? We got to figure out where that's going to come from. And I'm, I'm sure we'll figure out a way. Um, but jobs in 30 years, basic jobs, you know, it's all be computerized. Robots are going to be involved. If you don't think fucking robots are going to be involved, you're a fucking idiot. That It's fucking coming. Fucking AI is coming. And all you fucking libtards who are bitching about fucking Trump. Well, wait till the fucking robots show up, motherfucker. Wait till a fucking robot kills your fucking kid. Who are you going to fucking blame then? It's not a what if. It's coming. And anything that starts as good always ends up corrupt. Because people get greedy. They want more. Fucking Bill Gates buying out all the fucking farms. He doesn't have all of them, but he has a majority of them. He owns more farmland than anyone. A guy that made fucking software. Apparently, this douchebag, his family is part of some other bullshit that I don't even want to talk out loud because I could be wrong about it, but Planned Parenthood kind of shit, you know what I mean? I could be wrong about that. I've read it. I've heard people talk about it. It's concerning. You got a lot of money. Are you doing a lot of good things with it? You know? If he owns all the fucking farms, I mean, who's controlling that? I mean, think about it. You can't go into these corporates, corporations anymore because, you know, they're all, hey, if you want to come in here, you have to wear a mask. I mean, they're controlling it. They're, they're putting all the little mom and pop shops out because they can't, they don't want to enforce it, but they have to. And they're going broke. I'm digressing as I do because I don't have as much knowledge as uh, everyone else that thinks they're so fucking smart. But I know one thing is that I'm not confused. I see what's happening. I hear the people's bullshit. I see friends posting hate for fucking years like I've never seen before. And people being rude, people being full of fear. And um, I just got a big fuck you for all y'all. I don't fucking care. Friends, old friends, family, ex-family, don't care. You're fucking dead to me until you fucking wake up. Dirty Harris out. Good morning. Dirty Harris here. I uploaded a YouTube video the audio part on my podcast about masks from Dr. Lee Merritt. It's a great listen. Um, You can validate her all day long if you'd like to through DuckDuckGo or through Google. 
Um, she talks about the, the, the masks and, and how they're really not effective at all. And um, I don't know at what point we're going to be able to get around this, but I feel like the more we promote the truth, um, we'll maybe be able to get closer to not wearing these masks on a regular basis when it's not necessary. Y'all enjoy Dirty Harris. I'm out. So I'm a surgeon. I've been in a mask for 40 years of my life. And until now, until 2020, I never heard that masks made a difference to viral transmission. This is a new narrative. Now, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I think this is a nonsense narrative. And you don't need a, a medical degree and you don't need a lot of science background to figure this out. A little common sense goes a long way. Now, this is a little meme I got early on in this whole thing. And it shows a guy in an ear loop face mask. This is the kind of mask that we're being told you have to wear in the hospital for the protection of patients and yourself. Here's a guy who's doing drywall. He's putting up, you know, the same thing as Bill's buildings. He's putting up uh, drywall. And drywall particles are 10 microns. Okay, the coronavirus is 0.1 microns. You can see what this does to drywall. You really think, and the beauty of this picture is that we can see drywall particles. The problem is you cannot see the coronavirus. But this is very obvious. And it's not just that it's getting through the mask. It's, it's not protecting you at all. But look at where it's going. The, the mask is actually acting almost like a Venturi effect, and the particles are around the guy's nose. And I'm going to talk about later that may be pertinent because we're finding out masks. I said before, I said the strongest argument for mask wearing is it sounds good. The, the strongest argument against mask wearing is it doesn't work at all. But it actually might even be worse than that. Now, this was sent to me by my friend uh, who's an anesthesiologist. And this is the box the mask came in. By the way, you have boxes similar out there. I just read the same thing. And it says right on the box of these ear loop masks. These masks do not provide protection against COVID or other viruses and contaminants. It's not like we've never looked at this before. You know, OSHA knows about this. Now, size matters when it comes to viruses and masks, okay? So just to put this in perspective, um, the, 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 what we're dealing with are the smallest groups of viruses. We're not saying masks don't work for everything. Masks were designed basically for tuberculosis. And they work for these things. Tuberculosis is a big globular mycobacterium, but it doesn't work for these tiny, tiny viruses. So coronavirus is in the family like rhinovirus, adenovirus, influenza. These are the seasonal respiratory viruses that come around every year. And, and the, the one you should look at, smallpox, okay, I got interested when I was on a, a, a committee looking at defense stuff. I'm worried about smallpox. Smallpox is the most deadly disease known to mankind. Now, in the 20th century, smallpox killed more people than all the wars put together. I think if we could have masked it away, we would have done so. Unfortunately, and that's a bigger virus particle than this. So, this is just an overview of masks. You have to have a mask in the Costco, that's why it's the Costco approved mask. So, the guy on the left is a surgeon, and we're going to talk about surgical masks. Surgical masks really are for two reasons. It's to prevent blood and fluids to splash on us, and it's to prevent us from accidentally drilling in the wound. Um, I, I love the mask on the top. That's an OSHA N95 mask. There are two types of N95 masks. The one on the bottom is a, is a medical N95 mask that says TV. The one on the top is the OSHA N95 mask, and that's for industrial use, like the guy doing drywall. Now, it's great. It, these masks are rated to, to filter out 95% of 0.3 or bigger micron dust. But that's a one-way valve. So, you know, if you think you're protecting your neighbor, when you blow out, you're just blowing out whatever you have in your system out to the air. 
In contrast, now, this is a very uh, um, serious mask on the bottom, the TB mask there. That's what we're putting nurses in now for eight hours of shift in the ICUs. And I'm going to tell you, these are somewhat hateful to wear. I probably had to wear one three times in my life for surgery. It's not very common. But people that you suspect of TB, you wear this mask. And here's the thing. As a physician, here's what we do. When you're in the hospital, these things come in sizes. So it's not just you just put them off the shelf and wear them. Your, your size is sized to you, just like shoes. You're taught by the infectious disease nurse how to put them on, and we know how to take them off sterilely so we don't contaminate the environment around us. You know, what do, what do we see people doing? They take the mask off, they put them on the dinner table, put the phone on it. I mean, this, this is not going to get us anywhere. Oh, next slide, sorry. Uh, the other mask, by the way, they're just screening out common sense. Now, um, the, you know, I, we're cutting off my slides, unfortunately, but the, the, this is the first myth of mask wearing is that, oh, you hear this all the time. Oh, I know that um, it doesn't screen out everything, but I'm sure I can tell it's screening out my, I'm not coughing and sneezing on people, and that must make a difference, right? That's a myth. Here's, uh, I, was, I got this from, Dr., from Patrick Ward, I got this by permission, but anyway. So this is an anesthesiologist, Dr. Todd, and he's vaping in a mask. Now this is a surgical mask, and I'll make this surgeon's joke that he's an anesthesiologist, so he's wearing his mask too loose. <laughs> but I'll go back one, you went too fast. Okay. So this mask, you can see, it does exactly what we're told to do. Okay. It's, it screens out, it's keeping that surgeon from spitting anything in the wound. Nothing's going out to the front, but what's it doing? It's going out to the sides. And I can tell you that even if you tighten up that mask, it will go out to the sides, right? And I know this, because when you're a medical student and you're taught how to behave in an operating room, what's the first thing they do when you're supposed to they teach you how to sneeze? You know, people might not think about that. But you're holding a retractor and the surgeon's doing this thing and you can't move and now you feel like you want to sneeze. And what you want to do is you want to go like this and get as far away from them as you can. But they tell you don't do that because you'll blow out the side of your mask right into the operative field. So we know these things do not, they're not hermetically sealed. They do not even collect sneezes. And so what, what, think about, the other thing is Dr. Blaylock points out in his video that this comes from, Think about walking down, they say you have to hand you one of these masks to go into the, the airlift mask to go into a, a grocery store, right? But think about what you're doing. If you really were infectious, you'd be walking down, all this plumage would come out infecting all the aisles of food. So now let's go to the next, next mask. Now this is more the kind of mask that you see people walking around with. I've never, I don't know about you, but I've never seen one of these masks until the COVID outbreak. This is something that industry is now at least making a profit on by making these masks. And they're a more form-fit cloth multi-layer mask, right? So what you see here is, he's vaping this mask, it now is not leaking around the side. It's, but your breath is taking the path of least resistance, it's going right out the front. So how, how protective is he? And also, remember the Chinese saying, it gets into your eyes? Is he protecting himself? Okay, now, somebody sent me this little meme on the right. It says, this is what virologists wear to protect themselves from virus, but don't worry, your bandana works too. <laughs> so I got that, and I thought that was pretty funny, but I said, you know what, I want to look and see what the really latest is in the, in the viral weapons lab. So I looked at Winnipeg, which is, by the way, is a key player in this whole thing, I think. And, and Dr. G from China, who's now somewhere behind the bamboo curtain, who's also a key player, that's her sitting at the Corona lab in Winnipeg, and that's and I, and I actually ran into somebody that knows that's her. Anyway, that's, that's, that's what she's wearing. Now, there's the actual coronavirus lab in Wuhan, okay? They're not wearing bandanas. They're not wearing masks. They're, they're taking, that's, that's what real virologists do. They can't be protected otherwise. Now, 
the second myth of mask wearing. And this is actually, I read this by, this doctor is actually an, uh, an infectious disease doctor out west. And I read this, this was in like a, a, a not a medical journal, but just a newspaper something. But she said, she says, by having a mask over your face, it filters out the majority of the viral particles. So even if you do get exposed to COVID, you're going to get very little virus in. And if you get COVID, you get less. You know, that violates what her own literature is saying. Okay? I mean, the, the principle that there's less virus, less illness. We actually used to believe that there took a lot of virus to produce an illness. But that is a flaw based on the way we used to do the, the testing, the, the serious science. But now we believe, and that's her literature, one virion, one influenza droplet can cause you to get the influenza and six adenovirus. So these are very, very small numbers. We're down to, basically, it's, it's one particle can give you disease. But here's the next thing about it actually filtering out the majority of particles. In addition to what I just showed you with Dr. Todd, let's see what the next slide is. Um, serious scientists did things like this. This is from the Amer Maryland Institute of Applied Environmental Health in 2013, and they actually put people with influenza in a hermetically sealed container. They put them in different kinds of masks and they had them breathe. And a couple things that comes out of this and some other similar studies. The first thing is, yes, it does keep the big particles in, okay? What gets out are the very small particles. And here's the catcher. When they actually cultured these things, they found the big particles don't have live virus in it. It's the tiny particles that have the live virus in it. So your mask is saving yourself, you're saving all this dead virus, and you're letting the live stuff go. And, um, yeah, so, now this is also reproduced in a less, less technical way. Dr. Kim in South Korea, he had COVID patients. He put them in a special hermetically sealed room, certain ventilation, and he had them cough repeatedly into an area, standard distance for petri dishes or, or environment or viral media. And he did it with a, with a surgical mask, cloth mask, no mask. And although there was a little bit of diminution in the number of actual cultures that grew, it wasn't appreciable. It's not gonna stop people from getting infected. Every, whether you will or not, you coughed out infectious material that we could culture in a real world scenario. Now, if you're going to read one article on masks, this is the one I would read, okay? Dennis Rancourt, and you know he's probably right because he's being censored. Um, Dr. Dennis Rancourt is a former physics professor at Ottawa. And, and physics, I mean, uh, fluid dynamics is part of physics. And he looked at the fluid dynamics of air and viruses. And what he showed is that these little particles that we're talking about, these little particles, they, they are, they are impart their air fluidity. They're all around us. We live in like a, 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 a fishbowl of viruses all around us. And that they don't all, they don't settle by gravity usually, and they bounce around them. And in fact, so here's his point. If viruses, even if you believe that masks work 100%, if you're surrounded by viruses, quote, even the slightest momentary facial misfit of the mask renders or renders the mask for respiratory uh, a respirator entirely irrelevant, okay? And, and this is a poster that when this came out, now this is what they want you to think the world is like. And when this poster came out, my first reaction is, that's not science, that's a made up number, because you don't get science that gives you a number like 60. And you can see how the only thing they've got right here is that the big, big particles are dropping out as you go across, and the small particles go a little farther. But um, see how they magically dissolve before the blue guy. It just doesn't work that way. And I was right when I said this was made up. 
So another physicist, Lydia Baruba, who's at MIT, and she is a fluid dynamicist, she did a study, and she showed through high-speed high film and a bunch of other things. She watched this stuff go out from just people breathing 27.2 feet. Now, that's a real number. You know, that's something I can believe. So this is just nonsense. This is the way the world really works. Um, well, it got cropped off. But, but it's supposed to be a big black screen with lots of little white particles that actually are the viruses, and you're standing in the middle of it. Okay? And so, quite frankly, now let me back up and say, as we've heard, there's, that doesn't mean that, that because masks work, there's nothing else. We've already heard there's early treatment. But the other thing is, we know that environmental mitigation works. I mean, humidity works, UV works, air circulation. Lots of things work too. The community is huge for dropping viruses out of the airport. So we know about environmental uh, changes that make a difference. And, but this is just, you know, come on, you don't need to be a scientist to realize how silly this is. This is what you see people all the time. My husband, last night or two nights ago, went in to get some takeout food in a restaurant. He sat at the bar, and the bartender says this to him. He says, isn't this stupid? You have to wear a mask to come in here, but then you should immediately take it off and sit at the bar instead of the restaurant. How can this, you don't need a science background to understand that that's nonsense. I mean, this is, they can't be doing anything. Now, there's another myth out there, and that that's, we've got tons of literature that show these things work. I've actually tried to look at that literature. And I found that it falls under two categories. The first category is uh, lots of studies that show that masks screen some particles. And they, they give you a lot of stuff that sounds very good about how they screen particles. But again, I just showed you, that's not really relevant, because it's not screening enough particles to make a difference. And it's not screening the right particles. But then there's a new class. And, and because they don't really have, they haven't had studies that show it makes a difference where it really counts. What we really want to know is, if I wear masks, does it change the course of the illness? Can we see a real epidemiologic impact here? And, and so they tried to do this with this article. And this is uh, right up with Dr. Tadaro saying, you know, I think this is not just bad science. This has been criticized. This is the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, peer-reviewed, very heavy shooting journal. And, you know, it's been roundly criticized by other people that looked at all the details. But I can just say, it could not have been, this is beyond just being bad, you know, sloppy science. This is actually fraudulent. You know, here's a, here's a curve, and, and you've heard previously about the, the curve of seasonal illness. You just saw one. Uh, Dr. Urso had this curve of seasonal illness. So they're claiming, these, these people wrote the article, that all that curve is a result of what they did in New York City. See, they did social distancing didn't work, so the curve went up. Stay at home kind of worked, so the curve flattened out. Masks, oh, masks really work, because they're pushing the mask. The grass really works, so see the curve went down. But watch this. This is the Sweden death curve. It's the same downside. <laughs> Sweden had 6,000 deaths. The worst death place to be in the world is in New York City. So, and I could put up France, I could put up Nigeria, I could put up Arkansas. They all have seasonal death curves. So to say that that is, you know, that's, a, that's such a blatant scientific fallacy, a philosophical fallacy, the idea that because something, you know, post hoc ergo proctor hoc, because something happens before something else, it caused it. I mean, I was born two weeks before Eisenhower was elected. I don't think I got him elected. And there's lots of there's lots of literature about this. Okay, but here's one of my favorite pieces of literature just came out from the CDC this summer. And this is in May of 2020 in their own journal. And what they were looking at was influenza, which is a very similar type of virus, the way it spreads, etc. Same size. 
and they tried to look at things they could do to, to curb community spread. And they looked at mask wearing, hand washing, and disinfecting your environment. And guess what? None of it made a difference. Yes. And uh, this is the one the CDC says this is the only uh, randomized controlled trial of cloth masks. It was published in the British Medical Journal. And this is interesting because this kind of brings me back to that first picture of the guy with the, with the uh, drywall. They looked at cloth masks, and this is, in, this is in hospital workers, by the way. This is in the hospital. And they looked at surgical masks, cloth masks, and nothing. And what they found is you can see the penetration rate of the masks. I mean, they're not really doing a lot. But when they looked at people who assiduously wore the mask, their relative risk of getting a viral illness was 13. In other words, they were getting sick 13 times more than the people not wearing the mask. Now, I can't completely explain that, but it goes along with some other things we're seeing, and I think that that's, that's a problem. And this was, it goes along with what just came out. Um, it, this is from the CDC from July, and they show that 85% of people that have COVID, it came out with COVID in July, reported always or usually wearing a mask. 85%. 3.9% said they never wore a mask. It's, it's so, and it's about the same with control. So the, the another big myth here is that there's no risk to mask wearing. I'm going to tell you there's a lot of risk to mask wearing. Not the least of which is your carbon dioxide buildup. Okay? Now, actually, I found out something looking at this, that, that after four hours of surgical masks, older surgeons uh, have some cognitive deficits that they've discovered. I guess maybe anesthesia is removed. This is the uh, OSHA standards for carbon dioxide buildup, or carbon dioxide levels in, the, in our atmosphere when we're working. And their upper limit with bill accept is 1,000. I have a friend who's an internist. She puts little monitors in masks, and she found 10,000 in these highly restricted masks. You know, if, you have, if you're having any chest pain, I highly recommend you take the mask off because you want the best oxygen and lowest CO2 you can get. But here's what really bothers me is the highest risk of masks. We have a generation of children that we are terrorizing. We're putting them in masks. They, children learn to be human beings. They learn to uh, grow up and socialize because they can read faces. And we're taking that away. And we're, we're giving this, this inchoate fear of the world around them. You can't explain to a 40-year-old, I'm not going to go crazy if you put me in a mask. But this is damaging a generation. And this may walk into the next generation. This is not, we have to stop it just for this. Next slide. And in a moment of clarity, Dr. Fauci said he wears the mask as a symbol of good behavior. But let me tell you about this was another physicist who's uh, a big famous institution, and he pointed this out. You know, I'm from the railroad country, and when the Chinese came over to work the railroads, they were Han Chinese, but they came over with this Manchu Q. It's called the Manchu Q, that break. Why? Uh, because they were conquered by the Manchu, and as a sign of submission, they had to wear that break. And then he put up the mask. And then Dr. Fauci said, um, oh, well, masks aren't really suitable for, they really, they're not suitable for providing medical care to patients, i.e., they don't really work. But they do remind people not to touch their fat mask. <laughs> you know, to echo the last speaker, I find it just disgusting as an American who believes in liberty to think you're going to mandate I wear a mask so I don't touch my face. Let's think about that. And here's all you need to know masks, mandates are for us little people because. The city of D.C., they don't, they, they, they exclude their people. Wisconsin governor exempts there. I think Ohio, Kansas, a bunch of government, governments are going to find it's just not practical for all the workers to be in masks, so they're exempting themselves. I don't have a problem with that. Just exempt me, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, you know, FDR said, in politics, nothing happens by accident. If it happens, you can bet it was planned that way. So it's no myth. 
and we drew the conclusion here, masks don't control viruses, they control you. And Biederman was a psychologist that looked at the Korean War veterans that had been in prison war camps, and he showed this whole idea of brainwashing with simple psychological manipulation, and one of them was enforcing trivial demands. I can't think of something more trivial than this. Now, you may think it's just a mask, you know, and that's why I'm here talking, because I have the next generation, my boys, I don't want them to live their life in a mask, because it's not just a mask. It may be soft like a ballerina slipper, but what it actually is, it's George Orwell's boot on the human face forever, unless we take this off now. So, thank you very much.